Hey folks, just a note, we make real estate in the 608 just for you, so maybe you could do us the kindness of helping spread the word by nominating us in this year's Best of Madison poll. If you've ever felt informed, entertained, or just like the sound of somebody else from Madison keeping you company, we could really use your nomination. We'll put the links in the notes, so if you have mm, 20 seconds, like even right now, you could head to the Best of Madison poll and nominate real estate in the 608 in the arts and entertainment category for local podcasts. Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On Facebook, at In the 608. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben Anton. And welcome to Real Estate in the 608. Ben, Woo-hoo! it's good to see you again for yet another episode. I am happy to be here with you. Yeah, I can see it on your face right now. <laughs> That's great. It's been a long day. You're kind of my highlight. <laughs> well, I'm glad to uh, bring that to the episode today. <laughs> in each episode, we do things like bring in a guest to talk real estate with us. We discuss the real estate headlines of the day. Yeah, we'll recap the highs and the lowest price sales in Dane County. Enjoy the top of the hour tip and the market update from one of our friends at the Lauer Realty Group. At the Lauer Realty Group. Those are some of the people that are smart. So Surrounding ourselves yeah. <laughs> with people that are smarter than we are. One of those people we have on each month, and certainly smarter than than me, <laughs> Phil Floyd, president of Blimling Associates, a division of Dairy.com. He'll be in touch with his look beyond the 608. And since we're in the 608, we like to feature music from in the 608. You'll have local artists that you'll hear from throughout the episode. And Adam so gently and expertly weaves them between our musings. Again, uh, my name is Adam <laughs> Elliot. Some of my credentials include homeowner, teacher, uh, user experience architect. He used to be on the radio in Madison, too. Isn't this... Got some radio chops. Isn't this where we add your newest credential... Banana slug. It, it's true. Uh, I am <laughs> I am now employed by the state of California, specifically the University of Santa Cruz. Uh, it's remote work. I didn't fly back just for the episode today. <laughs> He'll be joining us once a month via satellite. <laughs> well, welcome, Banana Slug. Oh, thank you, Adam Elliott. It's Adam a, Elliott. they really enjoy that slug, and I guess they're very vividly yellow when you go to campus. They're like <laughs> there, so I'm looking forward to seeing one. Banana Slug because they eat bananas, or the yellow appearance. It is yellow appearance. Like it, some of the pictures I've seen are just like electric yellow, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, slugs aren't supposed to be that color, but they are. All right. Well, that's exciting to know. This week on Real Estate in 608, the boss lady, Liz Lauer. Oh, you better straighten up and sit upright. Fella. I think this podcast is like buys me some cred. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I don't specifically know that I get away with anything, but if I ever needed to, I would be like, I have the podcast <laughs> too. By the way, I think, I think some people listen to that podcast, and I think that it's good for the firm. No, there, there is something to like the. Oh, by the way, I also have a podcast. Just in social <laughs> situations too, people are like, hmm, well, I, I, what I does have that been, mean? I have joked about the Eastside Famous, right. my, my yeah. Eastside Famous hashtag a couple times in the last month or so, and uh, and I, 
I am I I wave that flag. I'm okay with it. It's, it's okay. like it's like I'm, I'm showy, but I'm not. But yeah. I am a little, but not too much. <laughs> An appropriate amount. <laughs> At the time when I was on radio on air, I used to say I was a D level celebrity <laughs> local. <laughs> not, certainly not A. <laughs> Probably wasn't B or C too. If, but like if there was a local version <laughs> of Hollywood Squares, <laughs> I would be on it. <laughs> It probably wouldn't get center square, though. <laughs> Not center square. Uh, Liz Lauer is the broker of the uh, broker owner of the boutique real estate firm, the Lauer Realty Group, now with locations east and west on Atwood Avenue and Monroe Street. Ah, very good. Looking forward to having the conversation with her. Ben, what's been going on since last time? I would like to talk a little bit about the should have, would have, could have house. It was just something that, that kind of came to mind, and and then it, and perhaps related to a more current acronym, the the FOMO. Yeah, I yeah. A, a client used that when we were looking at a house. I said, I said, I'm sorry, I'm 46. <laughs> um, remind me what that means. The fear of missing out. It's a large driver. It's what a lot of people assume that the younger generation, that's why they need social media. They're scared of missing things out. So they're constantly on their social media channels to stay connected with friends and what have you. Well, in this case that we use to, we better write an offer on this house. Even though we think it's going to go for way over asking, I would I would like to write an offer to know for certain that it did go out, go higher than I can afford. Sure. And not fear. But that, that fear of missing out has, there, there are a couple houses, some even near mm-hmm. here that I drive past and I, and I, and I am angry that I did not buy them. Oh, I'm okay. angry. Like my God, that brick place across from East high school that has like three apartments in this long garage in the oh, back. Yeah, I know it that. was for <laughs> sale for $180,000 at a point in my life when I could have afforded it if I tried. And it is not mine. So that's a regret there. I met a, I met a woman not too long ago, and in our first conversations, um, obviously, I, like, I love to talk about real estate, so we were, we were talking about real estate. You should and, get a podcast. And stuff. she said, what I really want to do is buy that house behind me. And I looked oh. it up, and I'm like, oh, sure, I know that house. She said, I'd love to buy that house behind me. It's a, it's, a, it's a larger floor plan, a lot of living space on the first floor. It'd be a great place for my parents to age in. Oh, and I okay. and I said, hey, not bra- not bragging, trying not to brag, but I just bought two houses last month, and neither of them were listed. And the reason I bought them is because I was able to buy them is because I said, hey, when it's time to sell, I'd like to buy your house. And I just keep saying that. To, there's all kinds of people that I say it to, but right. when it, when it's time to sell, I'd like to buy your house. I said, you need to get in front of that person mm-hmm. and let them know that when it's time to sell, you want to buy their house. Like, plant just the seed, right? Plant the seed. Yeah. Two weeks later. I get a call from Brad, my tree guy. I don't know if I've, I've recommended him to some of you listeners, and um, and he's done all kinds. But tree guy says, in a kind of way like he wants to brag to me, hey, Ben, come on over and see this new house I bought. Oh, no. Yeah, it was okay. that one. That very one. It was that very one. How did how did he ace you out? How did he get the inside line? Family. Oh, okay. Well, Fam- family friend. That'll happen. Though. No sign. Unfortunately, the owner of the home had passed away. The neighbor of the home that this woman I'd met had not noticed. So boo on her a little bit. I think you're onto something with that FOMO because people want the investment, want to be able to make money in that way, but they're not sure how to do it. And when they see deals pass up, that lands with you. Uh, So since last time for me, 
Well, this is the new job. I can tell you the one thing that many Californians are very interested in about Wisconsin. They want to know what the temperature is and what the weather <laughs> is like in winter of Wisconsin. What's the temperature there today? Adam? Yeah, they're like, well, it's 72 degrees and sunny here. And I'm like, well, guess what? It's do eight you, below do you and have to do we're all lot, freezing. Do you have to do a lot of Zoom stuff? Oh, yeah. It's all Zoom. Yeah. You should get like a snowy background. Like, just a, a fucking black. You, should, you should be like the weather, the weather station guy or the weather channel with like things blowing past you in the background and always have like a parka on there we go Even <laughs> for fun i like to tell them about the story i don't know if you remember last year we had that, that negative 20 degree weather sp- span for a couple days oh the, and what did they call that was it was that a uh, it was a, it was named something like a you know a nor'easter or whatever it was yeah but i t- i put on my winter gear and went snowshoeing in that just to see how well my gear worked and it did and they look at me like i'm a crazy person for Are, having done that. Have you been out on the fat, tired bicycle? Oh, sure. I was just out this past weekend. That's, that's crazy stuff. Good for you, though. <laughs> Good for you, you young people keeping fit. Uh, well, that's what's been going on since last time. Uh, let's switch things up and talk about the high. A- ain't no headlines. Ain't no Take headlines. Us, okay. Take, ain't no headlines when she's gone. <laughs> oh, Bill Withers, it's good to see you. It's been so long since we've heard you. Uh, what, how about the highs There's and lows, no though? The highs and the lows. We're going to start with the lowest price sale in Edgerton, Wisconsin, because we do look at all of Dane County, and I believe the very tippy top of Edgerton remains in our fair Still county of Dane. Dane county? Yeah. 129 Highwood Drive in the town of Albion. We see that exit sometimes, so you feel like that's sure. pretty close. Listing at 172 and selling for just 135 four months later. Wow. Yeah, so a little, little different. She was, she was a little rough around the edges. Yeah. Uh, this three-bedroom, two-bath, eleven hundred square foot home closed on February fourth. A little shout out to Pat's Realty in Edgerton, because I, I in hey, fact, hey Pat, hey Pat, hey Pat's Realty. I sold a house. I sold a condominium in Edgerton earlier this year as mm. a listing agent, and was was uh, was co- cooperatively brokered by a friendly lady named Jill from. Pat's Realty and Edgerton. Jill from Pat's. Okay. Jill from Pat's. And uh, so, so what's the takeaway then? Why are you going to bother telling me about this cheap house in mm-hmm. I think the thing that might surprise someone about buying a house on the edges of Edgerton uh, is that you could be in a situation where you would have a, a joint well. Like, that's crazy. Oh, that crazy still talk. exists? Like a single well that serves multiple residences. Oh, yeah. Or maybe that's on your neighbor's property. Oh, and you provide them annually with some kind of consideration for use of the water from their well. Well, what's consideration? Money? Yeah, yeah. You can, you can like instead of paying the water utility, you're going to pay your neighbor. Wow. You might imagine that that well does not go through the same level of uh, scrutiny, scrutiny when it comes to testing, cleaning, and, like, and testing. So, yeah. So it's yeah. your job. There, there, there should be though. There will be a shared well agreement. Uh huh. On file with the deed that entitles that landowner to use of the well and exchange for the the payment and consideration. Um, ex, what makes this even a little bit unique? So we've got our own well, but we have municipal sewer. So sometimes when you have what? a well, yeah. you would have a septic system, right, of your own. So mm-hmm. you are both taking in and putting out onto your own, right. But when you have sewer, they usually run a water line there too, don't they? And there may be water available. 
but it is not yet in use. Um, <laughs> but here, and then, and then, because usually the municipality will charge you your sewer rate based on how much water you bring in. Yeah. But they won't know how much water you bring in because it's from a private well in your neighbor's yard. So what do you? What do they do in this situation? Well, usually it comes. There comes a point, and this happened re, re, to me as recently as a few years ago. Um, I sold a house on Lacey. Mm-hmm. And those are there was in the 1970s. There was some nice one acre deep, you know, not super wide, but like they were an acre and they were super deep. And a lot of these houses. This is Fitchburg, mm-hmm. just south past of the Madison. library, yep. uh, the Fitchburg Library or the Agora Pavilion. Uh, so they had water available to them, but hmm. they were not using it. So they were hooked up to the city sewer, but they were using the private well. Um, Oftentimes there's a, there's a sunset opportunity there, like where okay mm-hmm. you can use that for so long, but in time we're gonna need it. We're gonna shut you down. Hmm. And Adam, you remember your little tiny house on Major? I do remember that house. Had a well. It did in the basement, <laughs> which was didn't know it until it was time to close. That oh, that's a well, and we had to have it sealed, right? Because yeah. inside the city of Madison, all of those old private wells need to be sealed and registered with the Dane County or with uh, with the DNR. Right. It's so like a safety thing. So like it's nobody pollutes thing. the water. Because let's imagine that, yeah. that the city is keeping a giant bucket of water underneath the city, like they're, that they, mm-hmm. right, which they are kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't want just anybody putting their straw in that bucket. That's true. Yeah. I mean, the city didn't really put it there. There it was just like... Yeah, but anyway, you wouldn't want <laughs> you wouldn't want just anybody to be able to blow bubbles in your bucket. Exactly. Right. Going to the bar with the money from a jar, walking there because I'll have a problem with the car. Gonna take a sip, gonna take a little trip, gonna purchase tea and whiskey, gonna leave a big tip. Going to the bar. What about the highest? Highest price sale. Our takeaway here. I'm going to leave with the takeaway. Uh, Dr. Page gloat, sir. It was her house. No, <laughs> but well, maybe it could be. Sure, um, this was a guest of ours uh, from. Uh, she two wrote the, she ago. wrote the book yeah. about uh, segregation in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and we talked specifically about uh, the way that restrictive covenants and deed restrictions are used to protect value. Right, like in theory, like but it used to be all racist about how they yes. would choose to protect value, but University Heights. Yeah, I was remember. one of the neighborhoods that she commented on, like that would have been most similar to the neighborhood that she that she focused on in Baltimore in her book. Right, it would have been about the right time and about the right kind of architecture and and targeted or or marketed to the same upper class upper echelon right uh, folks because that's where the professors lived. Yep, that's why I was joking that it might be your house. Gotcha. But I don't think they pay professors I enough to live there anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, because that's where the most expensive house was. Right. But also curious in that it was a 2019 build on Van Heys Avenue. Oh. So 2707 Van Heys Avenue, 2019 build, five beds, four bathrooms, 3,500 square feet. Big. Big. 1.2 million. I just think that's a lot of vacuuming. <laughs> so much vacuuming. I don't think... I there. This was a this was a private party listing, so there were no interior pictures. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing not a lot of carpet either. Yeah. It didn't look like a carpet house. Yeah. I bet you they have one of those vacuums. You think they way, have a robot? Like, robot vacuum. 3,500 square feet affords you a They a, probably a have a, on each level. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but anyway, so... Right. so Evidently, those restrictive covenants that are no longer centered on race or or who can live there, 
they must have been doing something right because they have certainly maintained the value there. And I don't think you can see the water. You're up high. You're up pretty high from there. But you don't get a lake view. I don't think there's a lake view, which is normally what we're seeing from our $1.2 million house. Right. But a 2019 build... Yeah. Those lake views are probably taken up at this point. <laughs> it was a nice one, though. Nice yeah. looking new house. It would it would have fit the neighborhood character. All right. So that's the lows and the highs. Our guests coming in in just a little bit is the owner of the Lauer Realty Group, Liz Lauer. She's the namesake of it. Why don't we take a break for the top of the hour tip, though? We'll take a break for that top of the hour tip, and then we'll be back with our newest feature, Dispatches from the Front. Hey there, Liz Lauer here from Lauer Realty Group. As the broker owner of a boutique real estate firm in business since 1998, our firm is a collective of dedicated agents who collaborate to stay ahead of the curve, information, tech and marketing savvy, and engage in our communities at large to better serve our clients in the broader Madison area. Our numbers reflect our dedication. With 16 agents in the collective, we sold 548 homes with an average sale price of 395000 all in 2021. We realize stats reflect the past, and we are ready to help your family achieve their goals in the future. Thanks for all you do. You're listening to Real Estate in 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. It's time for the February 2022 Top of the Hour Tip. On the phone with us, Asher Messino. I had some people who closed on a house, and we went to the final walkthrough. The furnace was working just fine. The heat was great. We had the final walkthrough. We went and closed on the house the same day, and then they weren't planning on coming back to the house for three days. So three days later, when they came back to the house, they walked into a house that had no heat on, the furnace was not working, and they noticed that there was some frozen water behind their bathroom pipes, behind the toilet and behind the sink. So their pipes had frozen, maybe even cracked a little bit, and luckily, it did not flood their house. So they got really lucky. Um, you know, the HVAC person came out that day, fixed it. Everything was working with the furnace. They got the temperature back up and now they're going to need to make sure that before they turn that water back on, they have a plumber come out to evaluate those pipes. It became clear to me and us that the, the most important thing to do at that point was not to worry about warming up the house, but was to get the, the water main shut off. It is the, the minute that house warms up either because the furnace is working or because the sun shines on it, that's when the leaking happens. If it's just frozen, that's one problem and that could be expensive enough, but it can be mitigated. If you do not shut that water main off immediately, you could have a much bigger problem. Right, exactly. So the first thing they did was shut the water off. Then they did call the HVAC person to get the heat back up, and then they called the plumber to evaluate the pipes before turning the water back on. Thank you very much, Asher. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. You too. Hey, folks, just a note. We make real estate in the 608 just for you, so maybe you could do us the kindness of helping spread the word by nominating us in this year's Best of Madison poll. If you've ever felt informed, entertained, or just like the sound of somebody else from Madison keeping you company, we could really use your nomination. We'll put the links in the notes, so if you have mm, 20 seconds, like even right now, you could head to the Best of Madison poll and nominate real estate in the 608 in the arts and entertainment category for local podcasts. 
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. His name is Ben Anton. Ben, the February top of the hour tip we just heard of, but now it's time for Dispatches from the Front, which is a new feature. A new feature. Yes. You just went on a buying spree, so in some ways, in the way that you have a number of houses uh, that you are currently working on, right? Right. And I would hope, or I hope for the next God knows how many months we'll be working on each of those, <laughs> right. uh, that I will be able to 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 uh, to extract from my previous month's experience a teachable moment for you, the listener. And, and all these houses that you're working on, do they all need some kind of improvement before they go back to the market? Because that's the intention, right? We're going to get these and then we're going to sell them, rent them, do something with them, right? We, we have never bought a house that does not need anything. A house that needs something is the easiest way for one to add value to set home, to, to add value to a home even in a flat market. You can make a house, how can you make a house worth more? How can you protect yourself or hedge yourself against a market that may eventually come in mm-hmm. by adding value? But here I am on Second Street, and while we're doing all kinds of things, including removing flooring and pulling baths, bath, bathroom fixtures and, and redoing the kitchen down to the cabinets and everything, the water heater goes out. Oh, like yeah. you don't expect you didn't ask for that, mm-hmm. but it turns out there was one a small. Uh, sometimes when people put on a refrigerator ice, an ice line or ice yeah. maker line, or the the uh, humidifier for the furnace, they use this little cheap ass connection to the to the pipe that pokes a hole in the side, like a little clamp. Yeah, and then it, and then it, dri- it drives a, a pin through the side of your copper line, and it's to supply water to the it's to humidifier water or the ice maker or something the, like that. So that yeah. thing starts leaking, and no one notices it. Maybe for the two years that the house was for the most part vacant, this has been leaking a little. So over that time, it's running down the pipe into the top of the water heater, and then I believe th- kind of through the water heater, like around the tank oh, yeah. and down into the bottom. So when I see a puddle one day, I'm like, oh, damn it, the water heater's leaking. But I can see that the water heater's 10 years old, and that's about at the end. And I'm like, well, what? Let's inv-. So I look further the next time I'm down there, and it's not the water isn't coming from underneath, but it's coming from above, but it appears appears to be coming from underneath. So, um, so Chris Mickelson inspector, um, Mm -hmm. has been helping me a lot over there and he, and he's a little handier with the plumbing. Like he's just like, and I think it's, I think it's a patience issue really. So I don't have it. He's got it. Um, so we take a look at this and we decide that after we, after we got it to stop dripping, the burner won't light. So do you replace? Oh. Do you spend two hundred dollars on the burner on a ten-year-old water heater, or do you just go get a new one? All right, and a new water heater is like six. No, they're up. way more now. They're more than that yeah, now because okay. you had pulley do one for you, and it was like, well, that was cheap and easy. Yeah, <laughs> not cheap and easy anymore. No. Okay, um, and this is a power vent. So Asher, okay. mm-hmm. top of the hour tip Asher, yep. recently needed a water heater, and they called all kinds of places to get all kinds of prices. And the best they could do from their research was 1400 for a oh chimney-vented water heater. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Which is like the basic level. I had to learn these things right. when I did Basic, heaters, goes so. out the chimney, yeah. slightly less efficient. I Just by chance, I ended up calling Jack the plumber, who is who is my new favorite plumber, Um and he's at about eleven fifty. So even Ooh, the little guys, sheesh. even mm. the little guys, like eleven fifty or three or four hundred dollars more than they were a few years ago. Wow! So now I can go to. I talked. To, I talked to an old tenant. 
he used to work at um, Simonson Brothers. So they're like a parts shop for water heaters. And he's like, dude, they've just they've gone through the roof. Uh-huh. And the ones that you get at the supply house, like where your plumber gets them, went up even more. Your best bet might just be to go to Menards and buy one. You're kidding. Like wow. that's the cheapest place to get one is Menards or Home Depot. We paid $1,100 for a brand new power vent that would cost 18 to 22 right. if you got it from a plumber. And so that was that was the dispatch. That was one of the exciting things that happened in the in the number of projects was was water heaters. So there's the little bracketing of All like right. how much is that going to cost me? So the the summation here is that a store bought one at your Home Depot Menards could run you less than actually just buying one from the professionals at this moment. Correct. And we're and saying like supply chains and, you know, COVID and all those things that have jacked up prices all over the place. Yeah, but the biggest takeaway since a lot of you aren't going to try to put in your own water heater yeah, is that right. is that that water heater costs specifically have increased probably 25 to 30% in the last wow. few years. Wow, that was shocking to me. That's our dispatches from the front. We'll hear more stories about those as you go along with your projects. Um, let's take a break before we welcome in our guest. the phone with us today, Liz Lauer, broker owner of the Lauer Realty Group. Liz Lauer has been an Eastside real estate name since 1998, opening the doors of the Lauer Realty Group on Atwood Avenue in 2015. You'll recognize her name, the company name, maybe the logo from almost any Eastside festival as a longtime sponsor or see her or her agents volunteering at those same places or at the Goodman Community Center each year for some of their perennial occasions. Having opened a West Side office just last year, we welcome the one, the only, the hashtag Eastside Famous, hashtag Realtor to the Stars, Liz Lauer. Welcome, Liz. Well, thanks for having me. That was quite an introduction. <laughs> ben likes to set him up that way, for sure. Well, it's one of the ways for the listener to learn about you, but what one thing do we have yet to learn, Adam? Oh, we got to know if Liz is fun. And how do we find out if Liz is fun? Well, we got to ask some questions involved in a game. A game we call the way it used to be. There used to be. But smiling faces far as the eye could see Car in every driveway, swinging every tree People can't stop talking about the way things used to be It's a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game Liz, are you ready? I am so ready <laughs> Formerly located at 2526 Monroe Street The Monroe Street Arts Center is now located just a few blocks away on West Lawn Avenue Their goal is to provide high-quality private and group instruction to all ages, fostering a lifetime of creative expression and appreciation of the arts. For the bell, name both a former and current occupant of the historic storefront at 2526 Monroe Street. Who is Renenbaum's? Formerly a Renenbaum's pharmacy. Mm -hmm. And give give us who is the current occupant of said storefront. Uh, Lauer Realty Group. That was a meatball right there. That was the easy one. It was a two-parter. It was a two-part question, and the first part was not was not necessarily easy. That's true. I like the tie into the Madison history with Renabombs. If, right. if folks remember what Renabombs is, that's great. Renabombs, and there was um, what I think is just called the Madison Mural. Is that right? Is that what we call it? Correct. Yeah, uh, Trangledor, also known as Lou. Um, has been striping Monroe Street ever since. 
Liz reached out to, upon purchasing the building, she reached out to uh, the guy who paints the mattresses. Local artist. Local yeah. artist. Local kind of street artist. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The, the Triangulador. <laughs> Great um, name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he created on the side of the building at her at her, uh, at her her request a beautiful Madison mural that you will, that all the kids and graduation pictures and Instagram and my Christmas cards from last year, it's just a great, it's a great uh, place-making uh, a sign and 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 neat. So if you haven't seen it, across from the Laurel Tavern, on your way out, take a look on the right. It's very Madison. I like All it. right, yeah. Just under two point five miles long from one end to the other, this East Isthmus Street has three discontinuous sections. It houses both downtown office and retail, commercial and industrial, and residential uses. Adjacent the rail corridor, name the street that was the location of not one but two east side famous real estate agents and their first homes. Main Street. Is that right? Did you know? Did you Adam, I did, know I, that? I, don't, I didn't know it was broken into three different sections. All right. Are we ready for question number three? In 2021, the year in review episode, we raised a glass to you, Liz, after you're having the most expensive single family sale of the year, some $3.2 million selling 150 acres adjacent to home on Frank Hauser Road. At that time, you were only allowed to tell me that good things were happening out there on those 150 acres. For the bell, this is a little bit of like a ransom bell, a little black, blackmail bell. <laughs> Can you tell us what good things are happening there now? Well, Ben, as a teaser, I would say that it has actually been a dog park for several years and um i actually have friends who take their dogs out there it's a private dog park so if your dogs actually have some you know they need their own space they can't get along with other dogs you can go out there it's a pay for a park but i have not i have not got authorization to actually reveal (laughs) what will happen in the future there but what i would say is it's community uh, involved and it it's much in the thread of how we like to do business. Okay, all right. All Liz right. played so, along. Yeah. She gets the ballot. She <laughs> she's a good sport. All right. Uh, let's see. Three for three. Three That's, for three. Uh, that equals fun. Congratulations. Right. You are Liz. fun. We're going to take a quick break for the market update, uh, and then we will be back with more from Liz Lauer. Hey there, Liz Lauer here from Lauer Realty Group. As the broker owner of a boutique real estate firm in business since 1998, our firm is a collective of dedicated agents who collaborate to stay ahead of the curve, information, tech and marketing savvy, and engage in our communities at large to better serve our clients in the broader Madison area. Our numbers reflect our dedication. With 16 agents in the collective, we sold 548 homes with an average sale price of $395,000, all in 2021. We realize stats reflect the past, and we are ready to help your family achieve their goals in the future. Thanks for all you do. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. It's time for the February 2022 market update. On the phone with us now, Asher Messino. Hey, Ben. Hey, Asher. Well, it's pretty crazy out there right now. We're like almost to mid-February, but pretty much like after the first week of the year, it started to get crazy right away. Yeah, there um, wasn't a whole lot of ramp up here. It just was like all of a sudden the switch got switched, but there's no houses to buy. 
There are no houses and there are so many buyers who clearly their goal for this year was to get out early and get an accepted offer on a house. So we are seeing in some cases like 25 offers on a house. I have seen more than that. I have seen less than that, but it's really common for like probably at least at a very minimum five and at the most like maybe 25. I had a couple right 10% over on a place on, uh, on Wheeler Road that was not spectacular. It was just decent. And there were 13 offers and we didn't even get a thank you very much. Um, well, what's a really good comparison for that is that in December, I got an accepted offer on a very similar property on Wheeler, also overlooking the Cherokee Marsh, and they only had two offers. And I specifically had told this buyer, you need to get an accepted offer in December because next month we think it's going to be crazy. And that's exactly what happened. It's okay. You can still buy a house. You're just going to have to really, you're going to have to earn it here in the first quarter. And I think that will likely continue uh, through summer. Hey folks, just a note, we make real estate in the 608 just for you. So maybe you could do us the kindness of helping spread the word by nominating us in this year's Best of Madison poll. If you've ever felt informed, entertained, or just like the sound of somebody else from Madison keeping you company, we could really use your nomination. We'll put the links in the notes. So if you have mm, 20 seconds, like even right now, you could head to the Best of Madison poll and nominate real estate in the 608 in the arts and entertainment category for local podcasts. Listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. Our guest on the line is Liz Lauer, owner of the Lauer Realty Group. Welcome. Uh, but last month we met with a, a fellow named Johnny Sanfilippo, uh, maybe our first our first like legitimate investor, like a real estate investor. He had created an LLC and talked about uh, different ways for people to get into that game. But that made me think about you and I, Liz, in the in the in the way that we both chose our first homes were both two units. What was it, Liz, that made that a real option for you? Growing up, my father owned a few rentals uh, next to McAllister and St. Kate's. And I always knew that part of our family vacations and things like that were kind of generated through the apartments that my dad, you know, made us go work on and mow lawns. And, you know, I was pretty young. Out of college, I worked for a guy who owned some rentals. And I kind of decided that I didn't really need... A house. I wanted an investment, and and so I was fine being someone who lived in more of an urban spot. Love Main Street and Second Street. Uh, used to, Alchemy used to be called uh, Wonders um, Pub, as people remember, and uh, we used to go play our CDs there. Hey, wait a yep. minute, you, you took your CDs to the bar with you? Yeah, Becky and Sid used to let us play our CDs. <laughs> I got you. Okay. At the bar, it's like, and what? I mean, I was. A young business person, but I never felt that I needed to have a big house. I, I felt like I wanted to be part of a community. So uh, it made sense for me to do what my dad had done and start my housing within kind of an investment investment approach. You may not have ever used this term. I don't ever use it. But what we did has a name now, and it's called house hacking. And that is, that's just like a little moniker that's been assigned by the hipsters in the same way that earlier in the episode, I used the acronym FOMO. <laughs> 
which means <laughs> fear of missing out. You're cutting edge, dude. You are cutting edge. Yes. Is, is that a Madison special? Because you started out in a duplex, Ben. So two units. You right. lived in one and rented out the other. Liz, it sounded like you went a similar way, or did you go right into like a four unit or something like that? It was a two unit, was actually. Two. And, and we lived there for for actually 10 years. Okay. So is that like, a, is that a Madison or a Midwest or Wisconsin thing where there's just more duplexes here? Because Johnny, when, when we did the podcast last, he bought a whole building and there was like 10 people that he facilitated to, you know, make this thing work. I don't know if I've heard that kind of story here, but I have heard a lot of stories of people getting a duplex. I was pretty young. So, I, yeah. you know, I, I didn't have a job that would have generated that much money and I didn't have parents who were willing to give me any money. Yeah, my parents you know, didn't I come either. From <laughs> more modest background. So the duplex was what we could swing and yeah. it was great. And it was, it got our foot in the door and it led to great things. Houses are expensive, but then all of a sudden we can see a two unit is not twice as much as a single family. So right. there's, there's efficiencies or economies of scale, and maybe you're not creating an LLC or some kind of cooperative arrangement, but you, if you can swing the down payment and get into an owner-occupied mm-hmm. multifamily, well, then you can have two households supporting your home. Oh, boy. It's the cops. So in a sales meeting, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, uh, you said twice, like Ben is always saying. So first, I just want you to know that I hear you and that warmed my heart. I mean, really, it was like, I was like, oh, I don't remember what those two things were specifically. <laughs> and maybe <laughs> and maybe you might remember. It is, for the most part, my little mantra or my sometimes opportunity smells like cat pee. What? Sometimes, say it one more time. <laughs> sometimes opportunity. Some, sometimes opportunity smells like cat pee. When I'm walking into a house and I am immediately confronted with something that will frighten away other buyers, something that will make this home less attractive to others, that means opportunity for me. That means opportunity for anyone that is willing to look past that single thing. I did actually give you moniker for that because you coined it about two years ago as we saw the inventory shrink. It was an interesting thing that I saw in our market, which I saw again this fall winter, where we saw sellers overpricing. We need to start knocking on their doors. They've been on the market for 170 days. There's very low inventory. Throw out an offer, $50,000, $75,000 light. And ding, ding, these people are so, they're so not in the market that there's opportunity there. And I think that what happens in a, in a market where there's no inventory is, you know, everyone goes through towards the shiny penny, which, you know, in today's market is quartz countertops, refinished kitchen, everything's kind of gleaming and there's gray walls and people just feel like they can move right in. But I think the 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 thing that we need to understand is that maybe as everyone leans into the one house, you say, hmm, there's this other house and they're not going to lean in and you could actually get that house and you, you're not going to pay as much and you could put the shiny penny in. So how important is that? It's, it sounds like we're kind of talking about setting expectations, you know, largely for the person who's buying that say that says like, yep, there's this shiny penny over here. But like, what about this thing, too? Maybe those are options. Well, looking not only at what the house is, but what what can the house be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and understanding what it would take to get. Uh, but if you can identify the reason 
that this house might not be selling or the reason that others would not perceive it as a great value and you know you can change that, that's mm-hmm. a great house to buy. I would say to the guests listening to this podcast, we are in January and February of 2022. So inventory is very tight in Madison right now. So 70% of the homes sell between March and August in any given year. It actually, I, I used to study it. I stopped studying it. It became a boring statistic for me because it was so consistent. But it's 70 to 80% between March and August. Those are the sales in Dane County. And so the thing I would say about that is that right now we have no inventory. And so every every house that comes up becomes a 5 to 10 offer situation. To really get into that fold of like, you know, kind of watching the market and seeing that we need we need some of that inventory to come back. And it will start moving. I mean, people will start making plans and changing their situations. And I think, you know, as a buyer, you have to have that patience to, to kind of, you know, watch the market unfold. That's a good statistic to keep in your pocket that, that such a large percentage of the, of the year's listings sell in that five month period. Um, the end of that period, August, the highest prices are paid in late July and early August at the very end of this seasonal rush that Liz is talking about. At the same time as we've always talked about this academic year cycle. As we move forward in our discussion and talking, I was hoping we'd talk just a little bit about our predictions for 2022. Where do we see things going? Do you think that's going to be the same this year? Maybe when we stir in the idea that interest rates could be rising. So what we've seen in 2020 and 2021 is there's no place like home. It's never been a more true statement or like Dorsey and, you know, location, location, location. You can't really back away from that statement. It's everyone wants to live their best life. We're not getting the creature comforts we are used to. We're going to get it in our home. Because we're there more often. Correct. People are essentially investing more highly in it and thinking about, hey, if I can work remotely or I work from home, can I do it from the spot I want to or can I do it here? And so we saw our inventory go down and down and down in 2020 and 2021 as we saw bigger city people kind of come to Madison and, you know, our aging population didn't feel comfortable going on to their next phase. So we weren't seeing their homes enter the market. So we were losing inventory, gaining buyers. And here we are. What we've seen in Madison is we have a strong buyer pool. They have, they're not part of what I would call, um, you know, the stock market changes, it goes down 10% and they decide like, nope, that's our money. We're not going to buy, you know, it's not Florida. It's not Phoenix. We're not secondary markets where it goes up and down. We're more of like a Midwest stable commodity that people in Wisconsin don't quite understand. They're like, why, why is it so expensive there? But yeah, if you go but- outside of it, it makes a lot of sense. My prediction in 2022 is, yeah, we probably do hit 4% interest rate by the end of summer. I think part of that is is inflation. 
And we're going to see it. We're going to see it in in different things. We're going to see it in the stock market. We're going to see it in this cost of goods. And you know, as much as as the government, I mean, the Feds are going to stop backing securities and just let some of it happen because the economy has been going so strong. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name's Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. On the line, we have Liz Lauer, broker owner of the Lauer Realty Group. Uh, Liz, once again, thank you for joining us here today. We talked about the Madison or Wisconsin kind of insulation. We should talk to a, a psychologist to see like what's in the mindset of people in Madison that why are they thinking that way and why is that a different uh, structure? All those magazine articles that say this is the best place to live, even, even if just like some people read that and believe that a there's people who like are here already and yeah. are taking advantage of all this booming economy and might be ready for their move up and want to want the new house. We've got all kinds of young folk moving here to work here mm-hmm. that need places to live. But then and then and then the people like Liz talked about the losing some inventory of people moving out. Who who in the last 24 months has wanted to like move into what is more now labeled a congregate setting? Like a like a nursing home or a or a retirement place mm-hmm. or, or to move further from family, like to go to Florida. Yeah, who wants? This is not when you nece- well. I I would imagine that a lot less older people are are moving away. Yeah, and or or we've into just started homes. to see. I I think Ben, you'd agree that I've just started to see that part of the aging community kind of start to sell their properties and that will help with the market. It's, it's, it's hard when we lost them for a year and a half because, you know, it's, you know, it's, again, it's a pause in house movement, which affects the market, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there's something else I'm always saying, it's by a grandma house. Like yeah, that right. grandma houses represent one of the best values in real estate. But grandma and doesn't want to move right if now. If <laughs> grandma is not moving, then there's less grandma houses available. Yeah. So keep so this could be this could be something we'd hope to see. Like hmm. that those congregate settings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that people are more comfortable moving into the home. But uh and and let's talk just for a second, four percent by the end of the summer. If that and that and that maybe it's even four and a quarter, four and a half. I, neither of us were selling real estate in the 1980s. What's the highest interest rate you've seen in your 18 or since since 1998, Liz? What's what's one of the higher interest rates you remember someone paying? Come a little bit closer. Hear what I have to say. I just want to say that my mom was actually selling real estate in the housing crash, and uh, so uh, they they moved in 17 percent interest rate. Uh, terms and I remember it because they did a land contract on their house, and it's one of the stories I tell when I'm I'm talking to people. I paid ten percent on my first house. Ten uh, percent interest was the going rate in uh, when I bought my first property. So for those of us who aren't economics experts like myself and maybe some listeners out there, when the interest rate is high, what does that mean to you? Well, it means money is more expensive. It just means money is more expensive. It means for every thousand yeah. dollars you borrow. Instead of in today's market where you're paying $400, you might be paying eight or nine. Well, actually, it, it, I mean, for a lot of buyers, it, it'll affect their affordability. So, okay. I mean, if we're talking yeah. about that kind of spread, I mean, 
I think between three and a half and four and a half, I think the Madison consumer can deal with that. I think um, an interesting statistic that is, is, you know, will blow everyone's brains is before 1965, before we actually put interest rates into a capitalistic system and housing, uh, they were fixed rates for 665. So the government decided that interest rates were 665, um, and that's what the lenders could charge. Uh, and so I actually think that a healthy interest rate is probably in the fives because then People who have money and savings. So you think about people who don't want to be risking retirement funds in the stock market, uh, and they want to pull it into less, you know, less volatile stuff. You still have to head against inflation. Maybe this is too much, but if the interest rates were a little bit higher, you know, people who are aging would be able to have safer investments. Oh, yeah. Sure, and then a mm-hmm. bank, a bank that is loaning money at a higher rate, may in theory comfortable share, sharing that bounty with their with their stockholders or with their depositors. Yeah. I don't, I don't well, know how. I'm that... only fifty, so I don't, I don't know what the next generation how we look at this. But it used to be, it'd be nice if you were seventy years old, you could not have your your money that you're going to live on in retirement in volatile investments. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, that, I mean, in the same way that the uh, Edvest um, savings plans will get far more conservative as you approach college age. And that's, that's something that I've watched, like Evelyn and Lola, I've, I've been saving almost about the same for them as it, but as, but as Evelyn got closer to college, her fund got a lot more conservative. Whereas Lola, who's younger, that was still in a far more still, aggressive right. savings plan. So now Lola blew her out of the water, like because on the, the return uh, part, right? Well, yeah. well, Evelyn always had more money because she was first. But as she neared college, it got so much more conservative that the smaller amount that Lola had has now surpassed the 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 amount oh. that Evelyn had saved wow. or that we had saved for Evelyn. But then, what's the dollar worth when Lola goes to college? I I hope it's I hope right. <laughs> I hope it's worth something. I I hope it's I hope right. <laughs> I hope it's worth something. Though she has considered some like more trades like careers, so she may she may be just fine uh, at the diesel truck driving school or wherever that wherever that is that still a thing? <laughs> yes, it I is. love that kid. <laughs> I love that kid. She she might be a welder. She's taken she's signed up for classes at East next year and she she would love to go to Monona Grove, but Daddy didn't buy an apartment building there yet. So we'll see. Um We'll take. We'll, let's just take. We'll do one of those little. Come back with me, Adams, and then we'll go straight to some advice. Advice for buyers. Advice. We'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with some advice for buyers and sellers uh, from from Liz Lauer herself. listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Find us online in the 608.com, also on Facebook. My name is Adam. His name is Ben, directly across the table from me uh, via phone today is Liz Lauer, broker owner of the Lauer Realty Group. Liz, we've been talking a lot about some of the financial aspects of it, some of the um, ways that people think about home ownership. What might you say, if I if I had to give you the, the latter part of our time together, to, to give advice, both both to buyers and sellers, and what might you say to them to help position them better 
So I think for buyers, I, I would have a clear message of, you know, like 2022 will have opportunities. I think you have to really stay loose and not get, you know, kind of wound up in this early market and, and really make sure that you just, you kind of are persistent. Um, as a buyer, you want to work with someone who's experienced. I think you also need to look at your financing options. If you are getting lending, which is literally 99% of the buyers, there's different opportunities in lending. So there's opportunities to get fully underwritten and provide a better picture for a seller. And there's just, there's, there's better lenders and there's better realtors to work with to get a more concisive process to actually make a purchase a reality. And yeah. it is not a great market. So there is a better process for sellers. What's, what's the advice now to like to sell? Should I just be able to stick a sign in the yard? I was at properties all weekend and it was, um, it's always, you know, what flavor are you going to land at next? And it was interesting because there was a house. It was originally listed at nine ninety five. It was down to eight fifty, which sounds like a great, you know, downturn. But people selling that house didn't prepare it at all. The walls looked like it was painted in nineteen ninety seven, and the teenagers scraped the walls, and and you know the kids' carpet was bad. And my client walked through, and it's you feel sad, right? You don't feel. You don't feel like, yeah, my family's going to move in. And and so one of the things that I really have noticed is that painting, refreshing bad carpet, you know, um, getting rid of heavy curtains or things that block light. I mean, there's there's certain things that need to happen in a house to maximize dollars and also feature the best things about the house. So you still have to shine your penny. I mean you want to shine your penny to get the best results um, because it could be the difference between that one-off offer or two offers to 10 offers. And I think you could even, like even in a $400,000, $300,000 home, if you spent two to 5,000, you might get 20 to 30,000 more. I mean, that's the reality. Tony Hill in the washboard she would play. As a seller, I walk into homes all the time and they want to do this or that. And I'm like, those aren't the important things. So I think having someone who's watching the business, knowing how the cadence is going, like how do we get the best terms and and the best um, outlook for your house and, and, and price with the least amount of effort, right? Because you don't want to throw, you know, I have people who are like, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, those aren't even the right direction. So (laughs) having someone who is very much in the game, I mean, having a realtor is, is paramount in a market where you're dealing with 11, 12 offers and knowing who, who, who's going to follow through on, on what they're bringing forth in a contract. Yeah, that could, that too can be a. I've worked with this. We talked about the the lender. The difference that those little that every single aspect of the offer must be studied and understood to be in your favor. Mm-hmm. Um, we met with uh, Pam. Pam was the Dane County the Dane County planner. 
She talked with us about the sell-buy. Any quick tips for someone who wants to to buy in this crazy, hectic market, but also needs to sell? So that is very much a touch base with the realtor. Get into the pricing of what your current home would be worth. Get into your equity position. Understand, because the ease of sale is so great that... Are you are you forcing yourself if you talk to a couple people in lending who don't necessarily understand all the tools available? Um, you know, pigeonholing yourself in a process that's very clunky. So, to to sell your house and then look for a house, you might have a two step move. Whereas a lot of the banks are offering lines of credit to give you the money to move forward. And then you can sell your house. And if you work with a realtor who's on it, you'd have your house styled. You'd be ready. You're, you're usually syncing those that buy, sell together. And, and the risk is very, very low. I mean, um, if you can swing that equity, if you have the equity position to know that you can, you can afford if ever so briefly, you can afford those two houses. If you can't, you might be looking at, a, as Liz said, a multi-step move mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some some yeah. kind of safe landing spot in between. Yeah. And I think with the low inventory, if if you if you don't have that equity position to move ahead, you, you have to be thinking about plan B if you have to do a two-step dance with the low inventory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that let's see here. Um, that, well, let's take a quick break for Phil's phone in. Uh, and his look beyond the 608, and we'll be back with Liz for, for a little wrap-up and one more thing. My grandpa gave me a wheat penny, and I kept it in my pocket. Had big plans in my backyard to build me a space rocket. Time for Phil's phone-in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Here's a little quiz for you. What market is up 31% from a year ago, down 23% from its May highs, but up 166% from its August lows? Nope, it's not Bitcoin. It's not coffee. It's actually lumber. Lumber closed today at $1,291 per thousand board feet. That's way below the all-time high of 1686 established last May but way above the August low of $454. Statistically, I calculate Lumber's 30-day historical volatility running at 48% so far this year. That's massive. By comparison, soybean volatility is about 20%, with the S&P 500 at 17%. What's going on? Well, lots of things. You name it, it's happened. Floods in Western Canada, labor issues, logistics challenges, Strong housing markets and tariffs have all contributed to the price rallies. Pushback against high prices and periods of comparative supply chain calm have occasionally taken the market lower. What does this mean for real estate markets? According to the National Association of Home Builders, the recent jump is adding more than $19,000 to the price of a newly built home. 
A report on CNBC notes that the situation is also pushing prices of multifamily homes up by $7,300, or about $67 a month more in rent. When does it all end? Hard to say. But as the old saying goes, high prices are the cure for high prices. At some point, markets get high enough to encourage additional supply or discourage demand. It seems possible that this latest run-up is strong enough to do one, the other, or both. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. Hey folks, just a note, we make real estate in the 608 just for you. So maybe you could do us the kindness of helping spread the word by nominating us in this year's Best of Madison poll. If you've ever felt informed, entertained, or just like the sound of somebody else from Madison keeping you company, we could really use your nomination. We'll put the links in the notes. So if you have mm, 20 seconds, like even right now, you could head to the Best of Madison poll and nominate real estate state in the 608 in the arts and entertainment category for local podcasts. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. His name, Ben. My name, Adam. Our guest in studio, well, on the phone in studio, has been Liz Lauer uh, with the Liz Lauer Realty Group. Um, Liz, once again, thank you for joining us today. It's been a treasure to learn from you. Uh, I feel like you have a great amount of expertise in this space. That's, that's why I hitch my wagon to that horse. So Liz, tell us. I mean, <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way, and I use that I use that euphemism today. That's but but that's the thing. That's why after years of adjacency of being Liz Lauer adjacent, I I hang my hat proudly at the Lauer Realty Group. Okay, I think you dug yourself out of that one. Thank so you. we'll move on. Liz, why do you do it? Why do you do what you do? So I've been doing it for twenty four years, and I when I found it, I was. Probably more like Ben. I was an investor who was curious. I didn't have a license. I was looking to buy investment property to live in. And when I met Realtors, I thought to myself, wow, this would be a rewarding career. And I love houses. I love going in them. I love experiencing them. And the other thing I really love is people. And I've always enjoyed hearing stories and treasuring moments and trying to figure out, you know, how I can help them. And I will say that, like, after 24 years, I still feel that way. I, I think about my clients when I go home. I'm always trying to think about how, you know, what I can do to, like, kind of get them to the right place. Real estate is rewarding. It's also um it's ever changing. So my day changes every day. I learn something new all the time. And um, I really am just passionate about it in the end. And I think, I think Ben is too. And, you know, that's why he hitched his way into, you know, I stay in curiosity. Well, and helping help. I, uh, you might, I don't know if you picked up on this, Adam, but there was a Facebook post and our, our old friend, Ginger Martin mm-hmm. had a question about a chimney. I did see this. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, this is on Facebook, and, and uh, Ginger is at ninety Magic ninety eight now. Yes, yeah. um, and she she's got one of those like like a bedroom voice. She, you've heard her all over the place. Great she's, voice. She, yeah. she she and uh, and and Delilah would you know like like in that in that <laughs> genre of radio voices. Uh, but she had a chimney question, and I posted a video from because I I am like a, a, a in person directory of every this old house that's ever been on, <laughs> and I said, oh, here's a video clip. For, with a with a cable actuated spring loaded damper that might be best for you based on, this. but it was like it was like my ability just to help, 
That, that's the joy. And then, and then there was an old, an old film, Baba, Baba Bella, which is another voice that you would not know by name, but like you, like anyone in Madison Radio or whoever, who's ever turned on the radio, <laughs> would would know that voice. But the ability to to help, to help educate the the the, the fact that Liz supports us here uh, and and helping people learn, like that. That is half the joy, and then seeing that, seeing those, seeing that knowledge turned into dollars, or family love and enjoyment, and all the things that houses give you, but also dollars. We've got two offices now. We're not, we're not just Eastside Famous anymore. You will always be Eastside Famous, but are you also kind of? We're, we are getting Westside Famous. How does that feel, Liz? Well, it feels great. I mean, I think one of the things is the city grew and like, you know, cows on the concourse or, you know, um, uh, symphony, you know, the symphony on the square, um, concerts on the square, excuse me. But like that 40 minutes where you can't get through town, your clients are in town, they're touring the university and you need to write an offer and you can't do it in a coffee shop to have you know, a spot near where they're looking for homes versus one location, priceless, you yeah, know? And, and, um, sure. and we've grown a little bit. We, while we, uh, while we have used the words boutique, uh, which would suggest a certain diminutive customization uh, and um, specialized, but yeah. the, uh, the collective though would, would could be of any mm. size. Um, Liz has added some folks to the team that are, that are as familiar with uh, with the West Side as I am with Main Street, and you know, people often ask like, should you know, if if I have this house out here, would you be a good resource mm-hmm. for a listing? I said, and I would often say, I said, if you can find somebody that knows your house as well as I know Main Street or as well as I know Jackson, then call them up. But but all of us have gun will travel, and and Lauer Realty Group now is is in some ways better positioned to serve the entire. Um, the entire city, and we're not not just East Side anymore, um, <laughs> with our location on Monroe. So, if for no other reason to appreciate our new location, drive by and see that mural. Uh, but otherwise, um, Lindsay Cooper is the one I think of because she was she uh, joined us here on the podcast once uh, to do some tip and update. But uh, we thank you, Liz, for for being here with us on the in the birthplace of of two of those East Side famous realtors uh, on East Main Street in the Real Estate and 608 Studios. Yeah, thanks, Liz. We wish you <laughs> continued success. All right, thanks, boys. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for years. We're not fake, we're real. It's real, real estate. Real estate. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. Ben, what was that? That was the boss lady, Liz Lauer. Uh, she brings, not only is she boss lady, but she has like boss information. She's clearly well-versed in the work that she does. <laughs> well, do it, do it in a long time, 24. Like yeah. I was still, well, I mean, she's not that much older than me, but that's 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 long to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at about 16... 17 years now? Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciated the information about how the interest rate fluctuates and like what that means to the buyer, uh, whether that means something significant to Madison. And I felt like she had good insight into that, like that piece as to 
how Madison sellers operate. Yeah, and and I that that uh, I talk buyers. about yeah. less inventory becoming available because of people who are aging out. That was I had yeah. not thought about that before. Right. It was like a little bit of a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I hope I hope a couple head scratchers and at least some some decent information that helps you either understand more or maybe even just ask better questions about things you do not understand. Yeah. I mean, just knowing ahead of time of those expectations of how things might play out, that puts you ahead of the game if you're going into buy or even sell at the same time. Exactly. All right. Uh, people can find out more about us and things in the real estate world through an email. Through an email that would arrive on the 22nd of each month in the 22nd, 22nd read a monthly newsletter delivered to you at my pleasure. It, uh, but hey, um, seriously though, I got the. Uh, did you get your thermostat? The inside line on the Nest thermostats. I've already, I already have a Wi-Fi thermostat, but I did pass it along to my mother, right. who did so, get one. <laughs> so, so in December, yeah, people who were lucky enough and smart enough to to receive the twenty second twenty second read, yeah, I received an opportunity to own a Nest thermostat for only five dollars from like. my friends. At the Focus on Energy organization. Manufacturer retail price $150 yours for just $5. $5. I know. So we had a special. Did, did you watch when the women's bat, the women's volleyball team was so famous yes. for a little bit? Right? Yeah, they were and big then time. It, and the ESPN did all the stories on that. There was a little a little girl. Did I talk to you about that? And they featured your newsletter? They, no. Let me go. <laughs> I'm coming full circle. I'm making right. connections for the listeners. So so they, so they ESPN is a story about this little, the little sister that the team has adopted. And her name is her name is Izzy. Uh-huh. I sold her a house. You did. I, well, I sold her mother a house. Okay, I was gonna say. And, that's pretty and, famous. And Paige reached out to me and said, "Thanks to you and your newsletter, we are living in the future." Oh, you're like one degree away from ESPN success. <laughs> and so anyway, <laughs> so that little, that team. cute little girl who has to wear the backpack because of her because she's got a tummy problem, sold her house. Oh. All right. Six degrees of separation to to uh, basket hashtag women's volleyball famous. I know that's cool. I like and, that. And and thanks to the, my newsletter, she and her mother are living in the future. Oh, very sweet. With programmable thermostats, man. Just sign up. Hit the <laughs> sign up button at, at uh, Real Estate and 608 on Facebook. Okay. Uh, a thanks should go out to Liz Lauer once again, who is our fantastic and very informative guest. I will I, I will thank her right here but also in person next time I see her. Oh, very good. Well, please pass along my uh, thanks as well. I will. Uh, we should acknowledge the uh, artists that you've heard, the musical artists in the 608, our music here, uh, including uh, Renclaw, El Donk, Oak Street Ramblers. Bob Westfall, Seesaw, and the Mad City Jug Band. A big, warm uh, mm-hmm. Wisconsin winter hug to keep you warm to all our listeners. And thank you for sticking with us through the cold weather. We totally need to get you that blizzard black <laughs> backdrop for your Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> Just so they always like even into the summer, you need to like well, this as warm as it gets. <laughs> you will be allowed to switch to a summer backdrop for the month of July only. Uh, I like the idea. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the Six Hundred Eight, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit in the 608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, 
Until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking the and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather me And we could be. Waiting.